welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Pearson, as always, bringing you all the action that we can from Marbula One, the best racing series in the world. But I can't do it alone, and with me this week is the ever-returning, ever-popular Darren Dazza Gunderson, fresh from his appearance on Marble Grill's Wilderness. G'day folks, it's lovely to be back. And returning to the podcast to help us cover all the action from Hive Drive, we have Professor Elgin Princeton-Cambridge. Matt, yes, good evening. It's a wonderful to be back. Thank you very much for having me. Now, we've a lot of action to get through tonight, so I don't know if we'll uh, cover every single topic we want to, but we'll do our best uh, to get everything into the podcast. First off, let's talk about, well, it's a crazy race, really, from, from beginning to end. Um... But let's talk about our top four, I think, is, is probably best to start. Um, Team Galactic, Savage Speeders, Midnight Wisps, and the Hazers. Where do we where do we feel that these teams, you know, got it right uh, when so many other teams seem to struggle? Crazier than a cut snake is what I'd say. You couldn't keep your eyes off of this one. It was just action, action, and action. I had to look back over this race four or five times to try and capture everything that I could think of to talk about tonight. But um, really, if you look at the the timing charts, it's down to the top teams understanding how to run a race of attrition, uh, knowing when to burst forward and take the places and when to hold position and then come back strong later on in the race to, to take position maintain them and finish them through right until the end of the race yes i agree it's um the short race with the incredibly aggressive tactic shown by uh, the the eventual leaders um definitely shows um uh, what i would consider to be a pattern in how the marbles have learnt to go racing gone are the days when uh, the marbles were not Vying for position first off, afraid of losing it in the first corner. They're now going full on, full out every single lap, trying to make positions, trying to muscle their way to the front uh, and keep the other marbles behind them. The two teams you've got to look out for here are the Savage Beaters and the eventual winners, Team Galactic. They ran nearly identical races, uh, a very, very tight battle between the two of them, as we've come to expect from these two great competitors. But really, when it comes down to it, they took their chances early on, maintained their position, and then when they saw the other marbles start to fade, they took their opportunity to go forward, you know? Well, that seems all kind of reasonable, but what about the uh, O-Rangers? They, they certainly made up places in lap one, and, uh, well, we saw how their race ended. Oh, so I think I should fill this one. Um, in my uh, unauthorized biography, Origin of the Species, um, I took some in-depth psychological analysis of uh, Origin, and uh, we know that this marble is hyper-aggressive, and I think what you saw here was a, a hard push to the front that actually left him weak and fatigued later on in the race, which is why he dropped so many places uh, as we were coming into the final stretch. I mean, I know the Arrangers are a fan favourite, and there's no getting away from that they are a great, great team. But I feel that Arrangers has really let them down this uh, this race. He could have taken that lead and, and then paced himself better, but I think he tried to extend far, far too early. He lost his lines, lost the speed, and then it was just taken over marble after marble after marble. So what we're saying is it was the teams that were able to get an early advantage and then maintain that position that were actually in the best position at the end. So what happened to the teams who lost positions at the start? Um, Why were they not able to regain them? It's actually quite a simple explanation in this particular case. Every time they lost a position, they find themselves in another fight with a different team. Instead of finding at the front, 
trying to maintain in place or trying to take places back, they're fighting with a team that's actually aggressively coming forward. In a race like this, where, you know, the, the hive section is just throwing marbles left, right and centre, uh, and you're having to try and desperately hold on to a position, you can't be expending energy trying to regain places you've lost. Uh, it was just really a case that they, they chose the wrong way to go racing. They started slow thinking that they'd come back later in the race, and that's just not going to happen on a track like the hard drive. Yeah, so I feel this is another case where people assume, incorrectly of course, that marbles are all built the same, that they have the same attributes, they go racing in the same way, and this is just simply not true. Marbles are, are different from the outside as they are on the inside. Uh, you'd look at a team like um, the Thunderbolts, potentially full of speed, full of aggression, but in a race like this, unable to take you know full advantage of what would be, in a lot of other cases, um, a, a highly skilled, a highly skilled set of, of abilities to actually be able to go racing. I mean, you can't doubt a team like the Snowflakes have all of the attributes to go racing, but look what happened to them here. Wrong decisions uh, made at the start cost them because they were not able to take advantage of their strengths later on in the race. I did notice there were a couple of teams who did buck that trend. The the Hazes made up a place um, after losing out at the start, uh, and the Raspberry Aces, um, although they ended up equal to where they'd qualified, lost places and managed to come back. Is there a specific thing that those teams particularly did? I think this is uh, an example of intelligence quotient working in action. These teams, uh, they started poorly, uh, but they saw what was going on around them. They were able to adapt. And in adapting, that allowed them to be able to take the places being vacated by marbles in front of them as they got into their own scraps, dropping back and forth and up and down. These are the uh, the kind of things that a mature team like the Hazers or a team with ambition like the Raspberry Racers uh, are really capable of doing. Well, we do seem to be talking about this week after week, and uh, this week isn't going to be any different, really. Uh, um, a terrible, torrid time for um, Billy from the Green Ducks on the conveyor belt on lap two that pretty much ruined his race. Um, we are going to go over live to the uh, Green Ducks training uh uh, area where I believe one of our roving reporters is on hand to, to try and speak to Billy himself. Uh, hello, Andrew. It's uh, roving reporter Roger here again. Uh, fully recovered from my last assignment, thank God. Um, unfortunately, uh, there's nobody here at the moment. I've been waiting here for about four and a half hours for Billy and Bombay to turn up, but nobody has. So you've just been stood there for four and a half hours, Roger. Aye, aye. I can't hear. I can't tell you, I'm starving. Let me just, I'm just going to have some sandwiches, mate. Just two seconds. Oh, lovely. Bit of haggis. I've got some square sausage as well, nice. Hey, hey, get away, you. Get off. Ow. Ow. Stop, stop begging me. Get off. Um, well, uh, I guess we'll have to leave that one there. Thank you very much, Roger. Anyway. Back on with the show, and coming up next, we are going to take a look at the use of the pit stop. Something we haven't seen very much of in the other races this season, but widely used this uh, this particular race. Um, any thoughts, gentlemen, on, on why that particularly was? One word for you, Andrew. Gravitrax. I tell you what, the hive section of this track was an absolute beast. Now, I can tell you, I spent uh, two weeks out in the middle of the desert with marble grills, uh, drinking my own whiz from the sewn-together bladder of uh, a dead camel. And still, I think I'd take that over having to do this race for 11 laps. 
I think what people fail to realise is quite how physical this sport is. These marbles are going hell for leather downwards. Of course, they can barely stop if they have to. Uh, and the, the hive section, well, it was just brutal. You're taking drop after drop after drop. It's scrubbing speed off at extreme levels. Uh, so you're, you're getting these unusual patterns in uh, in racing that the, the marbles just really aren't trained for. Um, and especially, you saw it so often, marbles shot off into the walls on the sides. Just brutal. Uh, and that that's why the pit stop came into play. These marbles just needed to get in, get refreshed, and then get back out on the track. Now, luckily, compared to a lot of other tracks, the, the pit straight was not too far offline as you were coming back into the home straight. So you could see that some marbles lost a bit of time, that's for sure. I know um, Yellup, I think, uh, lost some time in there. But, but you know, rapidly, he managed to get his pit stop through and barely lost about two or three-tenths of a second to... Uh, um, Team Galactic at that point in the race so it, it's it's possible to do it's possible to to take that advantage and, and you know a lot of teams did and managed to hold their positions probably thankfully just to being able to use the pit stop to, to get back into the race with enough energy to continue I think in these situations you have to take your hat off to the race organisers here they put in a challenge for the marbles something that they knew was going to be difficult something that was new something that was going to test people to their utmost limits but they thought about it carefully, and they put in the pit lane in a way that allowed Marbles to take advantage of the fact that they could rest, they could recuperate, and they could get back into the race in an active and participatory way that, as we saw in certainly the first couple of races, teams that went into the pit lane lost out heavily uh, and was really only to be used in an emergency. Well, on to some very positive news, and I think it's the news that we've all been waiting for all season. Team Momo scored their first points of the season with two points coming in this race for finishing in ninth place. Um, what a good, you know, feel-good story this really is um, to see a team that you know has come back from some really heavy defeats and some very bad incidents in the past from the the Marble League and. Uh, I think everybody's been rooting them. I think if you know if everybody really admitted it to themselves, Team Momo is everybody's second team. Bloody oath. Team Momo, uh, well, my heart goes out to them. They've had a torrid, torrid time across so many seasons. The terrible injuries that they've suffered, uh, the terrible results that then have gone on from there. You know, no other team in the history of, of the Marble League has, has had to merge with another team just to be able to finish an event. Uh, but I feel this is a little bit of redemption, okay? It's two points. What do two points mean? Well, in the terms of the league, not very much. But nobody wants to finish this season rock bottom with no points. So just getting those little two points on the board, it just lifts them up, it gives them something to aim for, it means that they can go into the next race thinking, I could go one or two better. And then suddenly the points start racking up. And I'm not saying, and bless them, I'm not saying that they're going to be challenging for the wins and they're going to be challenging for the titles, but does that really matter to Team Momo? Is that what Team Momo are into marble racing for? And I don't think it is. I think these guys are in it for the love of the sport. And who who doesn't love somebody who wants to just come out and do their best just to entertain us week in, week out? Oh, sorry to butt in there, Darren. Um, uh, being told that we have, uh, after the other week's uh, abortive attempt to try and get through to them, we have Team Galactic on the line uh, celebrating uh, their win from... Uh, their location, wherever they're located in the middle of space. Uh, anyway, uh, over to you. <laughs> Guys, I'm just going to go outside for a quick vape. Uh-oh. 
Hmm. Uh, not sure what happened there, but we uh, seem to have lost Team Galactic there. Um, anyway, back to the show. Going back to the teams doing well in the Marble, uh, Marble 1 sorry, uh, season this year, we have the Hazers, Team Galactic and Savage Speeders. Now, you know, if we're looking at what's going on, you know, the Hazers have been uh, out front for a long time, really, um, based on the fact that they've finished no lower than fourth in any of the races so far. But if we have a look, you know, Team Galactic have now been the only team to have scored two first places uh, and rapidly from the savage speeders had scored um a silver medal in both of his outings so are we seeing really that what's happening is the teams that are more, most consistently scoring highly are the teams that are going to do well uh, even if there are maybe sort of chinks in the team overall um or that they aren't necessarily scoring the highest amount of ports per race per marble I think it's undoubtedly a case that the cream rises to the top, the marbles best suited to uh, be winning races, will win races, the teams that uh, go out and uh, put in the most effort every week will get the results that they deserve, and I believe we're seeing that right now, uh, the Hazers, Savage Speeders, Team Galactic, all of, all of these teams, you know, uh, are world class, world class. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I read your last book. You spent the whole entire chapter completely ragging on the hazes as, what was it, an, an overhyped and uh, underprepared uh, team? Uh, and what was it you said about um, the Savage Beaters? Uh, what was it, uh, one trick pony? Uh, how can you be coming on here and saying all of this now? It's a fair point, Professor. You did say all of those things, so, so what is it? Are these teams the greatest or do you have a problem with them? I, no, I think you're you're taking my comments out of context. I, I I wasn't saying those things literally. You understand? These are just figurative terms. They're talking about um, the the marbles and and the rolling and then and and then the the things with the things and the other things. Yes, um, yes. It's truth. I haven't heard so much rubbish since a bin chicken gone into my trash and turned my backyard into a bloody landfill. Well, with all of that backtracking going on, maybe we should uh, instead look forward in, uh, at the halfway point of the season with four out of eight races gone. Maybe we can make some predictions now about uh, who we think is going to be finishing in the top three uh, and who we think is, um, well, out of it already. Well, it's pretty simple for me. There's only been one team in it from the start, a team in it every race, and that's the Hazers. Uh... And uh, as long as the Australian Marble Gambling Commission doesn't pull me up again, I'd put all of my money on them to be top of the pile come the end of the season. Though I think the Savage Speeders and Team Galactic are probably best placed to be challenging them. Uh, if I had to have an, you know, an outside sniff on, on a team to, to be looking out for, you've got to give it to the Green Ducks. They've uh, they've shown that they've got something in them. Uh, I think if they can just you know, get a little bit more consistent uh, about their finishing, they'll, they'll do well this season. Well, I've already put the advance of my next book on the Savage Speeders winning, so they better bloody well do it. Any teams that you think are going to spring a surprise in the uh, closing four races of the season? You know, personally, I think the Raspberry Racers haven't shown their true potentials yet. I wouldn't be surprised to see them come up with a shock result here and there. And I wouldn't count out the Arrangers at this stage, or even Mallow Yellow. Both of those teams both, both could definitely come back and uh, give some of the top teams a run for their money uh, in some of the tracks that we've got coming up. And which teams at this point do you think really do you need to be looking ahead to uh, Marbula 1 2021 when the, uh, there might be some rule changes that might uh, come into play that, that, that could boost them up the grid? Whose, whose season is over? Now look, as much as I love them, um, I, I'm going to have to say that I think both Team Momo and the Rojo Rollers should probably join forces at this stage and, and try and pull their resources in the final four races. 
you can't tell me that there isn't money to be made in Team Rojo Momo. And I'd uh, definitely be of the opinion that both the Thunderbolts uh, and the Hornets both need to go back to the drawing board. Uh, this has not been a good season for them. Newer teams really need to be looking farther ahead, not trying to challenge the old guard who already have uh, a large wealth of experience behind them to, to compete in these kind of environments. Um, you know, 2021 could be a completely different series. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for those enlightening opinions. And thank you very much to everybody who's been listening. This takes us right to the end of the show. Uh, We will be coming back next week to take you through all the action from Greenstone, the home of the Green Ducks. In the meantime, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through Twitter at Last Lap Podcast. We'd love to hear from you you guys, uh, hear your thoughts on the show and hear your thoughts on Marbula One. So once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Hi, it's Andrew here. Just wanted to say a quick shout out to uh, you, Ghost 27 for his wonderful lap-by-lap charts that help us do the podcast every week. Hell uh, is himself for uh, giving us permission to be able to make this great podcast and everybody else who's been tuning in and retweeting us uh, on Twitter. Thank you to all the team's uh, Twitter accounts. It's been absolutely a pleasure. Uh, just a little reminder that we are looking for people to come and join the podcast and create the skits with us. Uh, just send over your submissions to submissions at lastlappodcast.co.uk. little mp3 file with a, a skit, an interview, whatever you want to do, and we'll see what ways we can work it into the show. Thanks very much for listening again, and we'll see you next week.